everyone. Um, I hope you're all doing well and have had a great week filled with hopefully lots of trying new things and cooking and rest. Yes, oh, please rest. Please, I hope lots of rest and spending time with family um, and just chilling, just just chilling out because that's very important to do. and trying new things and learning languages and painting and trying new skills it can be a little bit overwhelming and sometimes people can feel a little bit like you know they're pressured to be um trying out a whole lot of new things but you are amazing and perfect and we both believe this so um just hope you had a good week yes yes okay so today what we're going to do, uh, as we said last week, we wanted to talk a little bit about the way that the future might look po- post-COVID-19. So uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit and then we're going to go on to some more of the good news from this week to cheer everyone up a bit. Yeah, um, and it's, you know, I think this is, this is quite topical and important because um, obviously this is something a lot of um our grandparents haven't even gone through let alone our parents like usually you know your parents are there to guide you and to sort of um you know show them from from, show show you from from their experience um how the world is and how to sort of interact with what's going on how to deal with news like this um but that that's not the case at the moment so you know no one can really predict the future and I'm sure Arabella can vouch for this, but we're not we're not future predictors ourselves. Um, no. But we have wrangled together a few things that, um, you know, um, in these uncertain times, uh, can be can be sort of feasible, possibly or not, or not. Not this is total speculation. Yes, just just a disclaimer. Yes. Okay. Disclaimer done. So. Um... The first thing we kind of thought about is the way that the world order might look, actually, because if we look at the way that a lot of uh, East Asian countries, uh, particularly China and and South Korea and so forth, uh, the first ones that were hit by the virus, the way that they uh, reacted to it, uh, barring the original situation with China, where it, um, it didn't take it very seriously for the first few weeks, and then suddenly it blew up in sort of I think it was the third week in January quite far into January um so aside from that once they'd actually started taking it seriously those nations were uh dealt with it relatively effectively uh especially compared to somewhere like the UK which took ages and ages to lock down and we're seeing the consequences of that now um so we it's possible that we may adopt a, a or an approach to certain human uh, emergencies, humanitarian emergencies uh, like COVID-19 that is more similar to those of East Asian countries, whereas uh, the approach we take right now is is more uh, liberal in the truest sense of the word. So focusing more on on civil liberties, prioritising those as much as possible over um, mitigating the effects of the disease, whereas in somewhere like South Korea, we've seen... uh, a minimal or a slight restriction on civil liberties but at the cost or, or in order to yes um, mitigate the effects of the virus quite significantly and, and south korea has done quite quite well with with um the effects of the disease 
Yes, and you find like a whole lot of other countries that are sort of trying to use South Korea as that model of how to react um, in 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 the face of um, such a crisis. Uh, I remember sitting in global politics um, with Arabella, and um, this was actually when it hadn't you know touched the UK. Yes. Yeah. And we were sitting there and I had recently read an article, I think it was in the BBC, mm-hmm. and it was talking about how how uh, countries like, like China are so much better equipped to deal with pandemics or mm-hmm. with crises like these just because of that lack of necessity to go through all the democratic processes that do tend to do tend to take um a longer time than it would in maybe a more authoritarian or dictatorial state. So yes. I, it, it is something that's really interesting. Um, that sort of threat to democracy that could sort of be posed, but mm-hmm. obviously that's, that's all speculation, um, but, it, yeah. but, it, but, it, but it is a, a valid, valid point to bring up. It is, it definitely is. So Josie, um, what, what is another possible effect in the future of coronavirus? Okay, that there are many, but I think that's something that's quite important to bring up is is the way that we've had technology and AI play such a such an important role in in things that are going on. Not not necessarily in the fact that they've changed what's going on, but also just in small things like to take note of the fact like globalization has occurred in the past few years many few few yet many years and um the world seems to be so much more connected uh whether it be with social media or something like this like i'm i'm speaking to you without being in the same room as you and i can see you right in front of me we are on a on a google meets by the way um and we are talking through an app called anchor and recording a podcast from two different parts of london like that that wasn't possible before. So the, the ability to stay connected, I think has really added to, to the sanity that people are able to maintain. Um, yeah. I think that it, 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 would be, it would be a lot harder um, for people to maintain connection, uh, very, almost impossible for people to maintain, maintain connection. But you know, there's also other, um, other parts of AI and tech that I think that you should speak about a little bit because of the more you know, like political aspects of how they've been used to mitigate the crisis too. Yeah, just tell me a bit about that. Okay, so um, what's what's really interesting in, in the UK for sure is that they've used a lot of, a lot of technology companies, including actually defence companies, um, to manufacture ventilators. So the, the government or the hospitals currently have a shortage of, or they did have a shortage of ventilators, but um, so for people who don't know, sorry, ventilators are, are kind of breathing, breathing equipment for people who can't breathe for themselves. So, um, yeah, so the, these corporations, technology companies and, and other companies as well, are manufacturing uh, ventilators. So we're seeing a greater cooperation with these technology companies and the government. But then, um, the another another way that the western countries are actually taking a leaf out of uh, the books of countries like south korea they're developing uh, apps and technology to track the, the spread of the virus so uh, active in the uk at the moment is an app that's run i think by imperial college where you basically just uh, 
every morning you tick a box that says I have symptoms of coronavirus or I do not have symptoms of coronavirus and it literally just logs it that's all they're doing but it's very useful for them to track spread um so that's that's one of the ways that we're using technology and they're also they're also proposing an app where um you say whether you've got the symptoms and then anonymously all the people who you've been in contact with um physically been physically in contact with will get a message saying somebody who they've been in contact with has uh, has come down with symptoms of the coronavirus so you need to self-isolate and while that's slightly concerning in terms of uh privacy or it may be to some people it's a really interesting uh way of using technology and it's one of the ways that people think that it might change because if if we're using it to save lives Mm. what's a little you know very slight reduction in your privacy if it's saving your life i I don't know are you speaking about the app um the collaboration between apple and google or is it a different one okay so yeah that was just another thing that i was going to bring up actually um it's it's sort of a, a very very big collaboration that you know is not it, it, it's not really getting that that sort of attention at the moment because people people are not uh, focusing on on the collaborations of the multinational corporations of our world but like it it is a very interesting collaboration between two of the biggest tech giants like in our world um, they are collaborating to create an app and I don't know if it's the same one you're talking about but um, tracking through and tracing through uh, using Bluetooth. Um, and yeah. is going to be um, in the works and is looking to be implemented in like countries such as uh, Britain and the UK. Yes. So um, yeah. that is something to, to watch out for. And I advise everyone to sort of keep an eye on that because uh, it's quite revolutionary um, just in terms of having a democracy like we do and being so careful about human rights. Uh, people will be thinking about that trade-off between what what is the impact of having a small reduction in privacy if it is going to save all those lives as you said and I I personally I've never been one to be so tied up about privacy uh, when it comes to tech Um, you know I'm careful about what I put online but I think that's something that this is more selfless than that it's not really about us it's about saving others so I wouldn't be averse to 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 trying this out, out at all mm-hmm. absolutely me too i think we have time for for one more um uh, future thing so i think josie you were really interested in talking about the uh, the way that uh, people's humanism has come out and the way that we've got a new form of of uh, almost nationalism sort of uh, patriotism uh, at play in in lots of different countries so um what can you tell tell us about that Yes, so this is something that's very, very interesting to me, um, just because I have never experienced the level of um, unity that is going on all around the world, but also in the UK that I've sort of noticed. The UK, as Arabella and I were actually talking about earlier, we, people that are from the UK are usually known to be quite closed off and private and quiet about their private lives, and their private lives are very separate from their work lives or their school lives. Um, and that's that's really common and that that's a, a stereotype in the UK is you have this cold Londoner or a cold, you know, like it's just that's how it is. People yeah. are on the tube, headphones in, uh, everyone's in their own lives and they don't want to share anything else. Yeah. Yeah. I think 
the whole thing behind it, a big chunk of it, is the fact that uh, people have had to start working at home and introducing <laughs> their colleagues to their home environment and, and be, be so open with that, which is something that they, you know, people who are part of the workforce in the UK may, maybe just would not have been comfortable with, but are forced because they're earning yeah. a living, you know. Uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's extremely interesting because I have you always hear about sort of American patriotism, which is, it's very overt and strong and, and American people are very proud of being American, which is incredible. Yeah, you can't go into an American suburb without seeing at least five houses with exactly. flags, uh, American flags. Exactly, and yeah. I, 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 I'd never experienced that in South Africa and I had never experienced that uh, here. But now, no, I don't see me and Jack hanging from everyone's windows, but... I no. do see um, sort of UK news organizations saying, how can we stay safe using pronouns like that, like personal, like we, us, yes. we're all in this together. And people on social media yeah. saying, we love our NHS, our NHS. It's like an acknowledgement that we're all one nation. And the rise of nationalism mm-hmm. is something that I do see as being something that's prominent in our future i don't think we yeah. can just automatically just regress back into our little shells and our yeah. homes you know yeah and just to say nationalism we're talking about the, the kind oh, yes. of positive patriotism where everyone together yes. rather than extreme no nationalism i, I mean the, like yeah. nationalism in the sense of population feeling like a nation feeling united yes. and it's not only that i also have noticed a sense of unity um in the whole world um yeah just this the something that i was speaking about with my friends in south africa is like it's one of the first times that i can say i'm going through exactly what you're going through right the second like right now you're stuck at home i'm stuck at home i know how you feel um it's just yeah it's it's incredible it is it is really really impressive and um even though people on in the uk don't have the union jacks uh, on all their windows and everything we have a lot of people have rainbows in their front windows the yes. the universal symbol of the, of the nhs and our health heroes it's so just such a gorgeous thing and and going back to what we were talking about last week the the clapping for our carers every thursday at eight it's just it's this this feeling of total unity yeah so yeah so that's that's what we're talking about it's just such an incredible feeling and just 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 leading on from that another you get your clapping for your carers but there's some mm-hmm. people uh just leading on to our next section there 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 are a few people in the uk they live in a in a town called belper uh and belper is uh it's a it's a town that is not um so big but they have become quite a tightly knit community by by means of something that that may appear quite strange but is great and i think i think it's a very fun idea and it has clearly united them but they do something called the belper moo every day Ooh. yes they they moo they they moo a lot and what they do is is when they when they feel alone when they feel like they need that little sense of neighborliness they step outside and they give a they give a big move and it's just very amusing and yeah. kind of heartwarming and yeah but, but, but very amusing and, and i'm that, gonna put people that's not a metaphor they literally do make they, they move they there's there's children mooing there's old people mooing and they they love it so i'm gonna put that in the notes but i i highly recommend giving that a watch it, it, yes it's very very entertaining <laughs> 
wrap up our, our good news section. So it's time for some good news to send us off into the weekend. And amid all these horrible statistics that we've seen this week, there really are some very positive stories to think about. So first up, it was reported in the news today that the Recovery Project, which is an Oxford University project working on a COVID-19 trial of drugs to treat the virus, has signed, uh, has been, uh, has signed over 5,000 patients in the UK to trial the vaccine and the team hope to have uh, early results. So results as early as June. So they're aiming this. Wow. To, yeah, it, it's incredible because everybody else is saying this is going to take a long, months. long time to fix. But the prospect of having something as soon as June, that's that's really great for everybody because it means everybody can go back to their jobs and everything and, and we can start going back to some semblance of normality so that yeah so their aim is to have production up and running in the autumn and there are other trials in the us and europe but according to peter hornby uh, who's the the man who's leading the trial at oxford he said this is by far the largest trial in the world so it's a really exciting development for us uh, all over the world but uh, especially in the uk so fingers crossed for that that's amazing so another another really nice new story that we've had is um, in the in the last couple of days, actually, the we have uh, story. We've had many stories of wonderful fundraisers, but the story of a World War Two veteran, Captain Tom Moore. Oh, I love him so much. He's great. I know he, he makes me happy. He's a national hero. Yeah, he so is. he's he decided to raise a thousand pounds for the NHS by walking one hundred laps of his garden with the aid of his Zimmer frame, and he's a World War Two veteran. So his his this is. Uh, he decided to do this before his 100th birthday. So this man is 99 years old and he's doing 100 laps of his garden um, in honour of every year that he will have lived. And he completed his walk yesterday. And as of lunchtime today, he'd raised 19 million pounds. Million pounds. So this is... From a thousand, his, by the way. From a thousand. Yeah. His target was a thousand. So it's just such a feel-good story. I think there's a, a petition going around now to have him knighted. So yes. it's just such a lovely, lovely story. So amazing, such an inspiring person. And I think it's national hero. The fact that, like, I was also reading uh, yesterday, he is a cancer survivor, and yeah. the whole reason why he started this was to thank the NHS for. It was actually before the whole crisis started. Um, he was going to do this anyway to thank the NHS for saving his life, and I just thought um, that that was incredible. Um, and the fact that he he still continued to do this and took it on board and it's the time when they really need this funding and it's just it's really special Um, but yes so so many different fundraising things that are ongoing at the moment Um, I am involved with a charity called Free Cakes for Kids um, and I live in Camden in the borough of Camden so so I'm Free Cakes for Kids Camden and right now there's there's a little bit of there's there, there are some issues with delivering cakes to kids for their birthdays um like we would usually do who can't afford them uh just because of the contact um, yeah. issues we don't want to get infected we don't want anyone else to get infected especially the kids uh so you might have seen that a few people are baking uh for the nhs and for key workers um online we are doing that as well so uh if you are interested in baking i definitely would recommend that because there is nothing like a nice cupcake or piece of cake to keep you going when you need that stamina and they really need it and it just yeah 
I'm really excited to get started with this. If you live in the borough of Camden and would like to get involved, please do contact me, by the way. But yes, otherwise get involved in your borough or just bake on your own and you can do it and it will be great. Yes, it's such a lovely idea as well. I love I love I love the way that everybody is pulling together around us uh, around our NHS as well. So that actually leads quite nicely into the next good news story that we had this week. So um, I just I find it so heartwarming to hear about all the volunteers like you and like uh, also small businesses and larger businesses who repurpose their places of work to help others. So there are so many to choose from, but one that I particularly loved hearing about was the head chef of the five star Dorchester Hotel in London, which is a pretty posh place. And he's taken his team to Manorfield Primary School in East London. So a little bit like what you're doing, Josie. And uh, he's feeding the children of key workers and teaching staff. He says that the school canteen brief is, and I quote, a touch less intense than that of the hotel, but arguably a lot more satisfying. That's so cute. It's no, it's been incredible, and that again uh, relates to that sense of uh, national unity that I think everyone's banding together, uh, becoming a little bit more selfless. Yeah, which is really cool. It's really cool to see, um, and and thinking about the wider community, which is really really special to see. Um, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And on a really quick note, um, the NHS volunteer scheme, I don't know, you will probably remember the NHS uh, volunteer scheme. Um, so they've recruited almost one million volunteers to help out oh. with tasks like dog walking, shopping and checking in and chatting with the elderly. So their original hope was to sign up around 250,000. So this shows amazing community spirit and social solidarity. Long may it last. Yes. Uh, also, one more announcement. I don't even know if I've told you this, Arabella, but <laughs> Arabella and I recently got accepted um, as Trussell Trust ambassadors. Um, so that is going to be something that we are going to be talking about quite a lot in the future. The Trussell Trust is doing incredible stuff with their food banks at the moment if you don't know about the trussell trust they are, they they run a lot of the food banks in mm -hmm. london uh they are superstars in times of need like this uh the needs that people on the street and people who uh are not able to earn enough to sort of sustain themselves with food and such they those issues don't fall away even though other issues have arisen they these issues do not fall away and the trussell trust is is really working hard to make sure that those people are cared for yes. um and fed and healthy so we are trussell trust ambassadors Woo. and that uh, yeah that's a piece of news for arabella as well because i forgot to tell her <laughs> it's a lovely lovely piece of news josie i'm glad that was a nice <laughs> nice surprise for friday evening <laughs> good <laughs> yes so um Aside from that, um, just a nice last piece of news for our, for our South Bankers. So um, I actually live quite close to the school. So I, I was able to walk under the BT Tower um, on my daily rationed walk the other day. And it's still spinning for us. And it's sending out positive and reassuring messages about the current crisis every day. And I will post a video for you on our Instagram page. Uh, so you can all share in the joy of the BT Tower that we all love so much. I really miss that BT Tower. I know, I do as well. Why would I miss <laughs> I it? I miss it. 
<laughs> but you're oh, that's lucky. I miss it. Okay. Uh we're we're gonna be getting a video of that on our Instagram page just for 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 memory's sake <laughs> and to keep us motivated to get us back in that building. Yes. But or, all when those three buildings. I shouldn't say that building, those three those buildings. Three buildings. When that um, happens. Yes, which it will. Um, it will. But yes. We hope you guys have enjoyed this and that you have a beautiful 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 deserved weekend and we won't be able to speak to you before school goes back but we hope that school going back um is good for you yes yes absolutely so that's that's us done for this weekend so thanks as always for listening and uh as Josie said have a great week cool bye guys thank you